Hey everyone, welcome back to the Music Marketing Monday podcast. My name is Andrew Southworth, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about why Spotify saves and playlist ads are better than Spotify followers. And if you're not yet signed to the mailing list or the newsletter, go to musicmarketingmonday.com and join over 6,500, again, crazy, <laughs> other music artists, label owners, managers, etc., getting actionable music marketing advice every single Monday sent straight to their inbox. So first, to give you some backstory so you can understand why saves and playlist ads are better than followers, in my opinion, I need, we need to explain about what saves and playlist ads are and how people use them to listen to music. So when someone saves a song on Spotify, they're adding it to their library on Spotify, and they're also adding it to their liked songs playlist. So if, if you're not a Spotify subscriber like to listen to music, um, your library is basically just a, a list of saved songs that makes it easier for you to find in the future. Now, your liked songs playlist is a fairly prominent playlist on Spotify that just lists every song you've ever clicked the like button on, or what was what used to be shown as the heart button on Spotify. So a lot of people, when they listen to music, they'll, especially if they're in the car or they're going to the gym or you know they're hanging out with a friend and they they don't know what to, just, to put on in that moment, they'll just go to their like songs playlist and they'll just click shuffle play. And what that'll do is it'll just kind of play all the music they've ever liked. So that's kind of the first thing to understand. Now, in their library section, they can go and sort by artists or albums or songs. So being baked into their library in their like songs playlist essentially is ensuring that you'll show up in the future. Now, playlist ads are when someone adds a song to their playlist, of course. <laughs> Many people listen to almost exclusively playlists nowadays. So again, at the gym, driving home from work, hanging out with friends, cooking dinner, whatever it is. And they'll organize their playlist into different categories, like my workout playlist or my sad vibes playlist or my homework playlist or whatever it is. Now, recently, Spotify made playlist ads more significant. It used to be that if you wanted to add a song to a playlist, you had to click these this like little sub-menu and then click Add to Playlist and then choose the playlist. Now, the way it works is that directly when you're playing a song, there's this plus button. If you click it once, it's going to save the song to the library, add it to the like songs playlist. If they click the plus button again, uh, it's going to ask them what playlist to add it to. So they made it easier to add songs to playlists. Again, a lot of people use playlists <clears throat> to listen to music on Spotify. So it makes sense why they would do that. The reason why these matter is both saves and playlist ads are actions that imply a person wants to hear that song again in the future. Now, even better than that, in many cases, these actions will effectively guarantee a person will hear the song again in the future at some point. And uh, the reason is many people have baked their like song playlist and their personal playlist into their daily routine. So before, you know, when I talked about it's kind of like a guaranteed future stream, it's not necessarily guaranteed, but if you know that such a big percentage of people listen to playlists and they listen to their like songs playlist, if you run an ad campaign a year out, two years out, you're going to see an impact from that campaign because of all the saves and playlist ads that it generates. So even though on a person by person basis, it's not guaranteed, getting a bunch of saves and playlist ads in your songs is a guaranteed increase in future streams. Now, if you're thinking, like me, who the hell listens to the Like Songs playlist? Who the heck listens to all these shuffled playlists, right? <laughs> and, and maybe you are one of those people, but in case you're not, like me, I never do that. I never listen to the Like Songs playlist. I never listen to, or I never keep a custom curated list, 
personal playlist for different moments in my life that I go listen to. When I want to hear something, I go and go to the artist and I'll like start playing an album. Or I might go to Spotify and search for like their their one of their metalcore playlists or progressive metal playlists and just play that. But most of the time I'm going to a specific uh, artist and album that I want to listen to and I'm playing it. And a lot of music artists are like that because, you know, as artists or managers or label owners or whatever you are, we obviously care a lot about music. We're very selective and particular with music. The average person's not. <laughs> they just, they're, they're getting into the car and they just want to fill the, the void. They want to fill the silence with music that they generally like. Music listening for them isn't always this intentional thing. It's just like, it's quiet. I want to put music on. And I've noticed that my, my wife, a bunch of friends of mine, uh, acquaintances of mine, I've noticed that that's how a lot of them listen to music. They're not music artists. They're not in the music industry. They're not super nerdy and passionate about, about music. I mean, they love music, but they don't interact with it in the same way that you and I might. So keep that in mind if you're wondering that, because that's one thing that I used to think. But if you look around, you'll see a lot of people do that. Now, when people listen to your music in their library, which again, if they save it, it adds it to their library, or in their own playlists, like they add it to their own personal playlist, it shows up as this category in Spotify for artists known as listeners own playlist and library. And here's some advantage of this source of streams. So when you stop running ads or any other marketing, it doesn't go away. It's much more stable day to day than most other sources. And it takes months or years for this source to decay. Generally years, in fact. And the way I like to think of this category, this listener's own playlist and library category, is think of it as a reservoir that you're filling every time you drive new listeners to your page. It does drain over time, but the leaks are pretty small. And again, typically one to two years after a campaign is over, you'll still see plenty of listeners in this category. It's not going to be 100% of the people that were listening to it during its peak but it's going to be a considerable streaming volume, whether it's 10% of that peak or whatever. Like, it's hard to say the exact amount, but it's it's going to be significant. Even if there's no algorithmic traction, this is just people who liked the song and then they added it to their playlist or they saved it and they're just still listening periodically, you know, a year out, two years out. And that is a thing. <laughs> now, let's talk about followers in comparison. Spotify followers are great. And the point of this episode is not to talk about why, like how bad Spotify followers are. Having lots of followers on Spotify is an advantage still. But when you compare them with saves and playlist ads, it starts to become apparent why you shouldn't be only focusing on followers. And in fact, I generally would rather have a bunch of saves and playlist ads in a song than a whole bunch of followers. So saves and playlist ads, as we've already said, are virtually a guarantee that you'll get more listening activity from that person in the future. Additionally, it's also more likely to trigger algorithmic playlists because it is its engagement that's concentrated on a specific song, whereas the followers, it's just on your profile as a whole. Now, while having saves and playlist ads are kind of like a guarantee you'll get future streaming activity on that song, having someone follow you does not guarantee they'll see new music from you in the future. In fact, generally only about 4 to 8% of your followers will check out your new song in the first 28 days that it's out. 4 to 8%. <laughs> now, some artists get amazing above average engagement from their followers, but that is still only about 12%. So I do know some people that get consistently like 12%, 10%. Some people even a random song will get 14%, but that's about as good as it gets. And most people are in that four to eight. 
So if you're getting 8%, you're actually doing above average. And a lot of people stress about this, like, wow, my followers are awful. I'm only getting 8% of them checking out my new music. But when I look at artists of all sizes, like from just starting out to people with a million monthly listeners, several million monthly listeners, 100,000 followers, 200,000 followers who have grown their audience multitude of different ways from, from being in labels over the years and touring extensively and having PR pushes and touring. Uh, and then people who have grown it with just ads in a, in a long-term basis and then an ads in a short-term basis. And then people who have done, they have organic audience, they've built on social media and YouTube, et cetera. And it's kind of consistent across all of them. About four to 8% of the followers check out their music in the last 28 days. Um, so keep that in mind. This is not like inherent to one specific type of music promotion. This is looking at a whole bunch of different artists that have grown in completely different ways. And that 4 to 8% you might know is actually quite similar to what you'll see on Instagram. Like when you post on Instagram, only about like a good post will get about 8% engagement, meaning like 8% of your followers will see it. And that's why on social media, everyone's like release or post a ton, right? Because Every time you post, another chunk of your followers might be seeing it. Now, what ends up happening is a lot of the same followers end up seeing it. Um, but it does alternate between different followers each time. But there will be some people who engage really, really strongly, and they eat up everything you do that the platform will push it out to them again and again and again because they just want more and more and more. So, But on that note as well, the Spotify algorithm is actually similar to social media and YouTube algorithms in, in this kind of same way. For example, on YouTube, subscribers don't really matter that much. It matters much more that a person watches multiple videos from your channel in a row, which is why if you've watched any of my videos, you might have noticed that I don't really ask people to subscribe. Like it's pretty rare that I'll say that I'll ask people to subscribe in a video. I'm usually saying, hey, go watch this video. Like go check out this playlist. I'm trying to get people to watch more videos. And at the end of a video, I'm always saying, I'm trying to give people a specific reason to check out a specific video, a specific playlist. I mean, I do also plug my products, my courses, my ad agency, et cetera. But the first thing I'm doing in most cases is I'm plugging another video because if they watch multiple videos on my channel in a row, you, the YouTube algorithm is going to be pushing my videos to them for like the next week or two. They're going to everywhere they go on the homepage and recommended, they're going to see me pop up occasionally over the next one to two weeks. And if they keep watching and keep clicking, YouTube's going to keep recommending. And a subscriber doesn't get that same level of experience, just like on, on Spotify. Like if someone interacts with the music a ton, they're saving it, they're adding it to playlists, they're listening repeatedly, the algorithm is going to push it to them, right? <laughs> but if they follow you, it, it pushes them in the release radar, but it doesn't necessarily ensure that they're going to get it. So this week I had some new content. Uh, one video was why Spotify playlist promotion doesn't make sense for most artists. So you can go through and uh, I'll go through specific examples where for, for most artists, Spotify playlisting doesn't make sense, but also several situations where it can make sense. Again, very specific situations. Um, and then in another other video that I had in the last week, I did an interview video with Eric Copeland of Make Music Income. And we talked about various income sources in music, but also about sync licensing, micro sync, stock libraries, and, and a whole bunch more. You can also check that episode out on my music, my modern music marketing podcast, which is the other podcast, not this podcast, <laughs> but the modern music marketing podcast as well. There was some cool news this week. Uh, apparently last year, this artist called Lafay, I don't know if I'm saying it right, has the most 
popular jazz album debut in Spotify history, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. Uh, BandLab is hiring an AI music expert, which is an interesting kind of development. The Orchard is ramping up operations in Africa as the music industry there continues to expand. Spotify is restricting some features for free tier users in India to encourage paid subscriptions, which is interesting. I wonder if they'll push that to the rest of the world. Record companies secured a pretty big victory against streaming manipulation, aka bots, uh, the site in Germany, because they, they were able to shut down this bot platform called SP Online Promotion, which would be used to artificially inflate streams. That's a pretty big win. And then Google has launched a measure to safeguard generative AI users from copyright claims by taking on the responsibility themselves. Meaning, if someone uses a Google AI tool and then they get sued for copyright infringement, Google is effectively saying that, nope, that user is not at fault. It's Google's fault. <laughs> Meaning, if you want to fight someone on them stealing your content from AI, if they use Google, you're not going to be suing an individual. You're going to be suing Google, uh, which is a little bit scary from the music perspective because if they release a music AI platform that's learning off of publicly available copyrighted music, we might end up with music that is effectively copyright infringement uh, because the AI was trained off of copyrighted material. And then now the artists who were infringed in that case will have to effectively sue Google which is a whole giant can of worms. Now, on the other hand, as a generative AI user, that's a nice perk that you don't have to worry about getting sued for using this tool. Uh, but it also brings up some implications on the other side for the people that make the content this algorithm is made from. Now, the quote of the week is actually an, a unique one. Uh, it's from an interview that I did with Tommy Z about two years ago. And this is paraphrased. Uh, Stephen B commented this on YouTube on the video saying that he... We found this quote at like the 44 minute mark. Uh, so I'm going to read it to you. It is paraphrased, but it was pretty amazing when I heard it. To commit to the dream, that's painful. You're signing up for pain. Passion is based on pain and suffering. There's lots of darkness in every successful artist. If you think that pain is bad, facing rejection, enduring the silence, no answer, no recognition. Wait until you're about to breathe your last breath and you realized you haven't taken on the thing you knew deep in your consciousness, your soul, the thing that you most wanted to do, or the thing that you were called to do. You rationalize, you tell yourself all kinds of stories, but you're not going to get another chance unless you believe in reincarnation. So yeah, that, <laughs> that was a pretty awesome quote. I didn't even realize at the moment uh, how amazing that was. And it is paraphrased, but uh, if you check the newsletter edition linked below in the show notes, you can go and check out the whole interview I did with Tommy Z because that actually that whole episode was actually pretty amazing in hindsight. Uh, yeah, so thank you very much for listening to this episode of Music Marketing Monday. Go to musicmarketingmonday.com to join the newsletter to get actionable music marketing advice sent to your inbox every single Monday morning. Usually today was a little bit later in the day. <laughs> but yeah, my name is Andrew Southworth. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>